0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Navigating the Waters, where I'm delighted to be joined yet again by our fabulous host, the founder and CEO of River VC, the fabulous Stephanie McKinney. Stephanie, lovely to see you again.
1: Hello, lovely. Thank you for joining me again. And to all the listeners, thank you for coming back. We greatly appreciate
0: it. Oh, we do. And today's a bit different, isn't it? We thought we would take a break from the norm and just have a little bit of a chat about something that's quite topical and very relevant to our community. And that is around the the amount of funding that's going to females. So despite the fact that for the last four or five years, governments around the world, the big banks are all talking about their drive to address the lack of parity when it comes to investment and where it goes, We're actually seeing the percentage that goes to female founded organizations going backwards, not forwards, aren't we?
1: Yes, it has been drastically. I mean, it's already drastically small. And I describe it to people as, you know, how you get a share of the pie. Well, women and diverse founders get what's left over on the fork or on the knife that you scrape off and that's what we get and and even though we get that small piece we turn it into huge success and a huge uh women are 10 times likely to give a better return on investment or ROI than men then so why why give us this small minute piece but we do spin the hay into gold when we do so i it's been drastically getting smaller over the years And there has been studies out there to figure out why, what's going on, what's happening. And a lot of funds, a lot of people are are trying to invest. They're bringing it up and they're trying to invest, but it's still super small. So we're going to talk today about, you know, why, what challenges we're facing, how we can overcome it together as a community. And if there's anyone with a personal story that would love to share, we'd love to have you as a next episode guest. So that's what uh, today's Navigating the Waters episode will be about.
0: Fabulous, because I saw, uh, you know, I saw a recent study when I was prepping for, for today's um, session that said that um, when they had done a study of the types of questions that are being asked uh, of, in, of people seeking investment, they found that actually when investors were talking to male founders, all of the questions or predominantly all of the questions were very much about the growth, the opportunity, the potential. And yet, on its reverse, when they were talking to female founders, the questions were all related to the risk, the downside, the things that might stop it from from investing. Which was fascinating when we think about the fact that we're not even we're not even leveling the playing fields on the questions we ask, let alone on where the funding's going to go. So, if we go in automatically risk adverse on female founders, it's probably not a surprise that we're not seeing that uplift in the percentage of the available money that's going there would you is that something you see
1: i have seen it i have um been in a in a place where people have targeted questions based on the audience based on the person presenting and you're right it is more okay well how are we going to continue this with already predetermined idea that it's going to be successful as a male but then with the female it's like okay well are you sure you know what you're doing do you have a good team do you know what do you have a good runway which means how long your company can sustain itself without receiving any more funding and with that it's 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 something that's unconscious and the people that may want to invest in females don't know that these questions are hurting the founder, are hurting the possibility of receiving capital. But they're always, I mean, be prepared for all these questions because people are unfortunately going to ask the harder questions to female
0: founders. It's so true, isn't it? And you, you mentioned in that the, the kind of unconscious bias. And it reminds me of a study that I saw uh, recently that was done on a Philharmonic Orchestra. And they had committed as, as a board, as a committee, that they wanted to increase the number of female musicians they had within the orchestra, and yet, despite having made those commitments, having made that their uh, their drive and their goal, they weren't seeing a significant swing in the you know in the makeup of the of the orchestra. Uh, and so they thought about it for a while. And they decided they maybe it was a bit of unconscious bias. So they did a blind audition. They put a curtain up. Uh, and they did see a an uptake, a, a slight uplift in the number of females, but nowhere near what they expected it to. So they, again, they they kind of did some analysis on it, and they realised that when you go for an interview, you go dress the best you can, and for a lot of cases, for women, that meant wearing heels. So although they couldn't see them, they could hear them as they took their place, and so they ended up doing a blind and barefoot audition. And they saw the uptake, the uplift, sorry, in the number of um females who were offered a role in the orchestra by over 60%. So they were, became really aware of their own unconscious bias. It makes me wonder how much of this unconscious bias is silently sabotaging the great drive that's out there for us to reach parity because you know people are talking about wanting to get to parity, they're talking about you know, the need to level the playing fields. And yet, instead of moving forwards, we're moving backwards. So I wonder if if it is being hindered by the unconscious biases that are out there.
1: I mean, it definitely plays a factor, as you saw in that study. But we shouldn't also have to take off our shoes, you know. We should be proud of being women, and we should. But there are people, there are ideas that we're going to have to overcome and understand that, Sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it's just built into their, their idea and their um, understanding. But being who you are, being your authentic self is going to help you. But just know that people sometimes have a predetermined idea about who you are, what questions to ask, if your company is going to make it. And I noticed that even with the increase of people seeking diverse founders, the number has still gotten low. I've come to talk to various uh, fundraisers, various venture capitals. They're like, yeah, we're really trying to increase our diverse founders, which is diverse as is African-American, they're black, they're indigenous, they're women, they're women of color, it's everybody. And the chunk, that, that piece of the pie that was scraped off the knife gets smaller and smaller as you dive into those statistics. And they're really trying to find that. But I don't know what the challenge is where that number has just slowly dropped and dwindled away if there's so much people seeking that out.
0: I wonder if some of it is, have we started seeking it less? Has it become so um, disheartening that you try so hard to get the investment and and you fail that actually have we got less people out there asking for it? So are we inadvertently because of our history, creating a, a lack of people willing to put themselves out there, because it's a lot of work, isn't it, to pull a pack together, to get your business idea ready to go and talk to an investor. <laughs> you know, a huge leap of confidence to go and put your idea out there and be willing to have somebody ask their questions, ask their challenges, question your the validity of what you're doing, I guess.
1: Yeah, having that in that community around you, having that the confidence built, having these questions like coming to navigating the water, asking the questions that you're a little too scared or a little bit too timid to ask in those meetings. I think that would help bring back the people, the women, the diversity that we had that didn't receive that capital the first time. And, and it's disheartening when you go and you give it your all, you build your pitch deck, you build your team, you go out to raise capital, and then no one says yes. No one says yes to you, no one says yes to your idea. So having that, come on, try it again, this is this is the time, let's ride the tide together, let's do it, let's get you funded. Having that community around you can be um, instrumental in being able to raise
0: capital. I love that, that's so true. and That's really what you're building here, isn't it, with Navigating the Water, that safe space where people can have the support around them. They can have the people to ask about the questions that they want to be able to ask. Um, And that safe space. And I guess also that motivation and morale, isn't it? Because you're not in it on your own because you have got that community to provide that support.
1: Exactly, having that support, it's not just for women, it's also for for men. We're gonna have some men on here presenting their their story and their ideas, and it's not I'm not saying that as a man, you're built with all the knowledge, you're built with all the criteria it you guys have it easier. It's just as women it's a first impression thing that we get, and I've seen it a lot. I've seen it in meetings where I get on, and they're like, Oh, I didn't know I was gonna be talking.' to you. And I was like, what do you mean? My name is, my name is River. River is Stephanie McKinney. That's me. What do you mean you didn't know you were going to talk to me? I was like, oh, well, I, I thought it would be like another team member. And I was like, you don't want to talk to the CEO and founder? Oh, okay, I'll send you someone else. So having that that bias and having that mentality that what you're doing as a female, as a diverse founder is going to be successful, being able to overcome it through knowledge and experience, having that that community where you can build, that is going to help you ask for capital, ask for money. And hopefully in the next coming years, we can see that number of 2.7 and, and even smaller as you divert into specific categories, we can see that increase. And that is why Navigating the Waters is trying to get people informed, trying to get, get them educated, Get them the experience, the community to be out there and raise capital. Because even if I've noticed that the statistic goes lower when you have your late stages, too. So let's say, Kim, you started your company, you got your pre-seed, you got your seed, and now you're raising your series A and B. Unfortunately, later stage female founder companies are receiving less. So there's problems throughout the whole entire fundraising process. fundraising scheme that people aren't being able to get money later on either, even though they had the idea, they had the people, they had the momentum, what's going on later in their later stages. And sometimes it's a perspective like, oh, other people will pick it up. Like that's not our portfolio. We're not interested or we're not really doing uh, diversity right now. We're looking more at the product or the build or the team. So they're not getting that capital in their late stages. So it's It's instrumental and it will help everyone a lot to be able to come back to a community and say, what can I do differently? What do I need to show? What can I, who can I talk to about this? Who can I be coached by? Who can I have a mentor with? And um, just allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to be able to build your armor. I, I think of vulnerability as, you know, opening yourself up. And then once you do that to the right people, then you can build your armor and get ready to go out there and hear a lot of no's. A lot of people are going to say no to you. And it's just that one person that you need to say yes. And that's what navigating the waters is. It's saying yes to you, saying yes to your idea. We can do this together. How can we help you? What questions can we answer? What feedback do you want to hear? Because I, I heard um, someone on one of my social media pages like, can you talk about stock? And I was like, I would love to have an episode about stock and the stock market and and divert into that because I do have some knowledge, I do have some experience, and that's what she wanted to hear. So I love that feedback. I love those questions that we get from the Navigating the Waters
0: team members. Oh, I love that. And absolutely, we will have to do one uh, on stock, won't we? Because it is that whole, it, it's the whole bandwidth of investment, isn't it? And, and how we get people more comfortable with it, people talking about it, so that we can actually break some of those myths so we can understand you know is it something that we're saying you know I, I do this a lot and what I do for a living and say so if you just changed one word in that sentence it would be significantly more powerful we have a tendency sometimes to um undermine our own power and and sadly it is there is a massive gender bias on that, you know, we will go in and say things like, I believe I can. Well, you either can or you can't. You know? <laughs> I believe doesn't give me a huge amount of confidence that, that you can. And yet that tends to be the type of language that, unfortunately, as women, we have a tendency to put it in there. We don't want to appear to be too full of ourselves or too arrogant or, or too aggressive but actually it's recognizing where our language can sometimes also be a saboteur for us, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and I've noticed that I do it myself and it was brought to my attention when I went to one of the gracious mastermind classes that I'm a part of from my organization leadership. Um, Stop apologizing. If you miss a meeting, stop apologizing. If you're a little late, stop apologizing. Give a reason, but say, you know, thank you for understanding. Turn your I'm sorry into thank you. Thank you for being able to wait for me. Thank you for being able to let me deal with what I needed to do. Not, I apologize, I was late because X, Y, and Z. Stop apologizing. Say, Spin it into a positive because when you're apologizing, it's more for yourself than it is for the other person. So don't give more, any more excuses. Make improvements by saying
0: thank you. I, I love that. I remember many, many years ago when I worked in a bank, that was something that we tried you know when we were in the queue instead of saying sorry waiting you're like well there's only eight spaces for cashiers and all eight of them are filled i couldn't do any more. we just had a lot of customers so you just get a bit of a rant saying thank you so much for waiting friday's are always busy aren't they they can see that there's no more space they can see that there's nothing else anybody could be doing so it immediately takes away some of that frustration and people go oh, you've appreciated me you thanked me for it um actually I'm no longer going to be, be annoyed. But it is, it's it's changing those parts, isn't it? To say, how can I take this potentially um negative situation? You know, I am late, I've I've shown up late, I've missed something, and instead turn it into something that says, you yeah, know, thank you so much for that, I appreciate it, and let's now move on. It gives that confidence, doesn't it, that you know where you're going and what you're doing.
1: Exactly. And we talked about it probably throughout the entire episodes is that confidence that confidence that we need to build we need to grow and and nurture and and make sure that it's important and part of it and you're doing your 30-day episodes where you're going out and you're doing it live and you're doing your your quote and your questions and that is building confidence even if no one saw it putting it out there putting it in front of something that you're like hey i I did that that confidence is going to spill over in your meetings where the other person that has that unconscious bias is going to see it and you're you're not going to come off as cocky because you don't have to be you have the product you have the team where it's going to work not because you're cocky about it but because you have the tools to make it work
0: yeah i I love that and it's right you know i'm on day four and every time i have to press the go live like like the fear hits it's like what am i going to (laughs) say even though i've planned what i'm going to say i've thought about it i've thought about what quote today what question do i want because it sets me up for the day but already even just after four days you're getting more confident at going it's not about what the response is it's about how i show up it's about whether or not i put myself out there even if to your point nobody watches it or nobody interacts with it or nobody responds so you know the silent knows it can be just as bad as, <laughs> as the public ones um but it was like actually the point is about getting comfortable to keep putting it out there irrelevant. And even after just four days, I'm you know I'm feeling much more confident. And I think it was I'm gonna go for a quote. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said that we should do something every day that scares us, um, because that's going to be where we grow. And I guess that's one of the things that you know I encourage that my clients is you know, do something every day that scares you a little bit, because in 30 days, in 60 days, in 90 days, um you're fears of today will become your everydays of tomorrow um, because you realize that you can survive them.
1: Exactly. And and do the things today because I think regret is a little bit harder, weighs a little bit more than fear. Because if you go down the road and you're like, oh, I I should have talked to X, Y, and Z. I don't know why I didn't do this. That's going to sit on you rather than the nervous because this this time tomorrow it will be done right? I, I think about that all the time. This time tomorrow, it'll be done. Let me just get through this part. And then by this time tomorrow, I'll be somewhere else. So I'll be focusing on the next bigger problem. So doing it now, getting the confidence, building, you know, your team, even if it's something that you say to yourself in the mirror every day, just having that that one thing that scares you, that one thing that is going to make you grow. Because if you don't grow, you're you're just stagnant you're just going to stay the same so by growing you have to break it sometimes you have to put it under pressure you have to be able to let it go or accept the faults that you can't do and that is going to help the founders really receive more not capital because not we're not just looking for capital we're looking for relationships we're looking for more connections that is going to be like, oh, I want to talk to her again because she, even though I can't invest right now, she showed promise or she showed that she was you know, an expert in her field and she was able to get this done. I want to connect with her again.
0: I love that because that is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about the relationships. And when we start chasing the relationship rather than chasing the money, the rest of it comes in <clears throat> because we're thinking about actually – you know I want this to be mutually beneficial. I want you know it to be as good for you as it is for me. And therefore it's got to be about that whole relationship piece, understanding those parts and and building it together, which is what the community is about. But it's also what you've you know been sharing with us in all of the episodes that we should be considering when we're thinking about, who we want to seek investment from and why. It's like, how does this relationship work? It's not a transaction, it's a relationship. How do we nurture that and work together and which relationship is the right stage for us in our business? You know, do we want something that's convertible later because it allows us to have the control? But all of those are important parts in how we identify those relationships and how we nurture them, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And making sure that it is mutually beneficial. It is understanding and sometimes if it's not, sometimes it's okay to part ways on clear on even ground. I came across a meeting uh, last month where I just wanted to reconnect with the founder who I didn't invest in in the first round. And they were like, well, are you going to invest or not? And I was like, hey, I was just trying to, you know, see how you were doing as a human, not as a bank, not as an ATM, I just wanted to touch base and see, well, they were obviously looking for one thing and i was looking for something else i was looking for more of a, a building the relationship and they were looking for a check so it was okay i understand what you need i'm sorry for wasting your time let us part ways on on even ground so no harm was done but people knowing what you want to get out of the relationship knowing who you are and what you can offer because if you are offering things that you can't follow through on then then you're gonna come off as, as as someone who doesn't understand or someone who doesn't have that cloud, or um, So knowing what you can offer and also maybe specifically asking someone like, hey, I really need your help with doing my social media. Would this be OK? And I can give you my X, Y and Z platform that you can use. Knowing what you can get and give out of the relationship. But giving is more important because the more you give, the more that you receive. And I like that word receive rather than take, because take it, it sounds more forceful, it sounds more harsh. Receive is like it was given back to you because you put
0: out so much good. I love that. That's so true. And yeah, we can do so many more things to support each other, can't we? Like you say, you know, it doesn't have to always be that the transaction is money related, it can be value related. You know, I I um, have clients all the time that, well, I say the clients, they might not be in a position necessarily to pay right now, but, you, but you're investing their future. And it's like, well, actually, just say lovely things about me to people that you meet. Um, and that's payment enough. You know, if you're getting value out of it and then implement it, demonstrate that you got the value from what we said by going out there and, and achieving what you want to achieve, because that's a great gift back as well, isn't it, seeing somebody else achieve that.
1: And I think success will come when you are giving and and letting people understand what you're doing. And if it's, you know, success will become evident when you are being authentic, being yourself, being, making sure that all the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. But with that, I think the statistics on female founders has drastically decreased we really need to look inward first. And I'm not saying we're the problem, but I'm saying look, build ourselves stronger to be able to go out there against all odds and be able to raise this money, even if the face of, you know, the the small amount of number that we're getting. Build yourself strong first, build your company stronger, build your team around you and then go out there. and And if it's a no and a no and a no and a no all the time, that's all you're hearing let other people in let you know come to navigating the waters ask what what am i doing wrong be able to be open and be able to receive good feedback because if you're no i'm not doing that wrong no this is not what i need to do it this way then you're not going to be able to change and you're not going to be able to get that yes and i think that is going to help us increase that number of diverse founders receiving capital
0: i love that I mean, it's a debate that that um, hopefully has been helpful to the people listening. Um, and we would love to hear your thoughts, your comments and uh, your advice for anybody that's out there that's seeking investment and facing these challenges. You know, if you're an investor and you could give us some advice on what things we could do, or if you are a founder that's gone through this and has got a journey that you want to share, we would love to have you join us here and share your insights, share your thoughts with our audience because together we all grow stronger. Um, And Stephanie, it has been a joy as ever, always so insightful. Um, I'm looking forward to one of our next ones being on the stock market because I think that will be really interesting and helpful in that as well. Um, And thank you for sharing such great insight today on what we can start to think about to make some changes to the current situation.
1: Yeah, I really hope that everyone listening or you want to comment or share or repost, I'll be grateful because that number has to change. That number is so low. And when I say that I invest in female founders, I'm not doing it out of a charity. I'm doing it because they're going to be successful. They're going to have that great return. They're going to revolutionize the way that we do things. And they're not a charity. They're a Million dollar investment. So if you have a story, if you have a comment, if you have some advice that you want to give to the listeners, please let us know if you want to be on it. I would be more than happy to host you. Please um, subscribe and like if you guys love this video because we are going to do some more. Um, factual some more trending now some more um, what's going on in the news today rather than just you know what your pitch techniques needs to look like the informative ones we're going to do some some news ones as well
0: i love it it's been uh, fab as always stephanie until next time thank you Take care.